0: Welcome to Whatever It Takes, a podcast in which we talk about every
1: episode of Degrassi. Uh, I'm Kelsey. And I'm Holland. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episodes 12 and 13, White Wedding. And Kelsey, can you please read us the episode summary from the Degrassi wiki? Sure can. Okay, so this is the
0: synopsis for both parts like mushed together. Emma Nelson is revealing her newest job as her mom's maid of honor and planner extraordinaire. Her mom, Spike, is marrying her high school crush, Snake, who also just happens to be Emma's favorite teacher. Joey and Caitlin, who arrived to celebrate the occasion, can't help feeling nostalgic about their own plans to marry so long ago. With just hours to go before the ceremony, everything suddenly starts to go wrong. Hoping desperately to keep things on track, Emma meddles where she shouldn't. Not before long, everyone starts wondering if Spike and Snake will even make it to the altar. Despondent at her own part in the fiasco, Emma finds herself turning to the unlikeliest person for support, her ex-boyfriend, Sean. So this is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Just straight up, like, Joey and Caitlin is alluded to but never addressed. Like, they're they're never like, remember when we were going to get married? That doesn't happen. Um... Emma doesn't meddle to keep things on track. Emma meddles to meddle and it's and everything goes wrong from the very beginning. Like there's no
1: part of this episode where things are going properly. Yeah, it's there's a lot in this episode. Also, I don't understand why the summary calls Emma out by first and last name. I think at this point we, like we know who Emma is. But yeah, it's very and she doesn't even turn to Sean until, like, the very end. So I don't know why that's, like, a major part of the episode summary. But whatever. It's a shit
0: show. Um, So, Hollins, can you tell us a little bit about the episode title? I mean, I think we're all pretty familiar with the song White Wedding.
1: Yeah. Song White Wedding by Billy Idol. Um, I'm just looking up the date, which is 1982. Um. Pretty fitting. It's a wedding episode. It's like a big 80s song. I think that's all we really need to know.
0: And it's a good song. So, I mean, there you go. It's a nice day for a white wedding. Um. All right. So, I mean,
1: let's just jump right the fuck in there. And it's a nice day to start again. But yeah, <laughs> let's hop in. So the episode starts out with Snake is in class, but he can't concentrate on anything because he's getting married soon also he's wearing like a weird viking hat with some kind of device on it and i don't understand it i think he was talking about ram and i think that's like his ram
0: hat like i think that was the whole it was like a play on the word ram which is
1: random access memory got it i was clearly not paying attention close enough
0: yeah, so uh, Snake is all over the place, and then the kids are like, we have a present for you, and it's this really tacky, like, snake statue. It's real, it's real bad. But you know what else is real fucking bad? Those wedding invites are, like, they, like, clearly printed them out on computer paper and, like, did, like, they didn't even use Photoshop. They used, like,
1: Microsoft Paint. Yeah, they weren't great, but... The whole wedding vibe was pretty casual, not like doesn't seem like too many people are really involved in the planning process anyway. So whatever. I get that they're just probably more of a chill wedding planning couple, (laughs) I guess.
0: That's true. That is kind of their vibe. But then, like, they have all the flowers and the hair and Emma's so type A that I'm like, I feel like this is like such a thing that just fell by the wayside. It was disappointing. I was like, you should have a nicer wedding invite. Um. So yeah, and then, you know, Snake like makes a speech and he's talking about love and blah blah blah. And and JT is like barf and Manny is like, You're the worst person, which same. <laughs> um, and then Sean's like, Clearly you've never been in love before.
1: And it's like, Oh, wait, what? And they're like, Wait, you have with who? And it's like a whole thing and ever and just you're led to believe it's like, oh, my God, Sean's still in love with Emma. He was in love. This is adorable. And it is adorable. And Manny,
0: like, calls him out on it, too. Because she Manny is great this whole episode, by the way, or these two episodes. But, yeah, Manny calls him out on it. She's like, it couldn't possibly be with Emma, could it?
1: Like, she's like, eye roll. And she's awesome. I know. I do love Manny in this episode. She does get a little medley. So we do see later. Emma comes, like, rushing into school to, like, drop off her homework assignment, even though she has the day off because the wedding is the next day. And Manny's like, guess what I heard? I heard someone still loves you. And Emma's like, wait, what? We went out last year. We weren't in love. And Manny's like, that's not what I heard. And she's like, so should I invite him to the wedding? We should totally invite him to the wedding, right? And Emma's like, no, don't do that. That's stupid. But guess what? Manny meddles anyway and invites Sean to the wedding. And I'm not, and I recognize she's doing, she's completely going against Emma's wishes, but I'm like, I'm not mad about your meddling, Manny. I like it.
0: I'm not either. I'm on board. She's diabolical and it's great. And she's also like, she's totally like playing Emma the right way too, because she's like, she like holds a beat and Emma's like, okay, wait, what did he say though? And she's like, you don't care, remember? And it's like, you know what you're doing. You were just doing it up nice. She's, I'm very pro in this episode, but meanwhile, Spike is like having an issue, and she's like, "Oh, I got some like something to take for like a headache." And Emma's like, "Just take it in the car." To which I say, remembering this episode, that is not something she should take in the car.
1: Um, but yeah, so so there's something happening with Spike. She's just carrying around a mysterious bag from the pharmacy for like half the episode, and it's like, "Oh, I wonder what that is." <laughs> and so after Emma drops off her stuff at school um we cut over to the B story of this episode which is JT and Toby are like hey there's one thing good that comes out of a wedding there's going to be a stripper at some point and they're gross and stupid and then they like approach Craig in the hallway they're like Craig Manning and Craig is like oh uh JP and Tony is it and I'm like lol Craig doesn't even register that you exist which like why should he first of all he looks very dreamy throughout this
0: entire episode even though he's being a garbage person with (laughs) everyone else because they are they're terrible I fucking hate this storyline it's like weird and sexist and slut shamey and I fucking hate it and I'm like man first of all oh, I just have a lot of feelings about this. But, like, she's a stripper. She's not a prostitute. And if she was, who gives a shit? They're just, they're garbage. I hate them both. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so they're like, well, you should get a stripper. And he's like, well, I'm not really in charge of this. <laughs> and also, uh, like, Snake told Joey, no, stripper. And they're like, well, that's lame. And he was like, yeah, I know. It's stupid, whatever. And they're like, we need to, like, make a stripper happen. So they go to the strip club like they're 14 year olds who can just get a stripper, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard.
1: And the man who like opens the door to them is like, what are you doing? You guys are children. Come back when you're legal in like five years. And then Craig is like, "Okay, this is going to take some very delicate like deliberation on our front. You guys need to stay away. And so he, like, approaches Joey and talks in, like, weird metaphors about plain chips and spicy nachos. And he somehow convinces Joey to hire a stripper for Snake's bachelor party, which I don't understand how he was able. Like, Joey, Jeremiah, you're better than this. Why did you let a child convince you to get a stripper? I think he just wanted a stripper
0: like I think he was but his whole thing he was like oh my god that's gonna embarrass he's like you're stupid but that's gonna embarrass Snake so much that it's gonna be hilarious which like I I totally get that also I'm still like a little bit in love with Joey Jeremiah so it's fine um, can we maybe do fashion police because I need to talk about his shirt <laughs> he is wearing this crazy Hawaiian shirt and it is
1: bonkers and it's bad it's real bad yeah it's giving me jt vibes which is not a good thing and speaking of jt like during that conversation he and toby are like lurking in the background watching craig convince joey and jt's wearing like those weird tiny little sunglasses that make him look super weird yeah it's not good
0: and then I like Manny's hair throughout this whole thing. She has this, like, weird ponytail, but it's all, like, twisty. And, like, it looks, like, good from the front, too, all pulled back. And she has, like, a zigzag part, which is so 2002. It's, like, unreal. Um, But it's really good hair. Unlike
1: Emma, whose bad hair is an entire plot line. Her hair is so bad. Her weird part. Like, first of all, I don't understand why she wanted to get a perm for the wedding anyway. Because not... I don't... I She, like... First of all, she also doesn't even have enough hair for that for the hair that happens to be a plausible thing. I know for a fact that it is a wig because Miriam McDonald does not have enough hair for it to explode the way that it did. But it's just not great. And it gets like progressively worse even throughout the episode. And at the wedding, like there's baby's breath like lodged into her awful hair. And I'm like, this isn't helping the situation at all. It's bad.
0: It looks like a nest. But also, it kind of looks like high fashion. (laughs) Like, she could either be, like, a human disaster or on a runway.
1: Like, those are the two options. That is very true. It's, like, bird nesty in a, like, runway catwalk situation. But she's a 14-year-old girl with braces just in a very disheveled state. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Spe- uh. Oh. Also, with Manny,
0: I like her denim jacket. Um. It's just casual in there, but it's like a good look for her. And I like Sean's um leather jacket at the end that like matches Tracker's leather jacket. And I also love Tracker's earrings. I always forget that they exist. And I'm like, oh,
1: of course you have an earring. I know. I love Tracker and Sean like the little dirtbag brother dynamic duo. They're amazing. Yeah, Tracker's kind of the love of my life because, you know, I love a dirtbag, so he's
0: kind of great.
1: He's great, and he kind of looks like Chris Martin from Coldplay. He's like dirtbag Chris Martin. It's like there's nothing bad about that. Um, Also, Sean, or not Sean, well, Sean, but Craig and Sean eventually get to wear, like, little ties and suit, like, wedding attire, and they both are looking pretty spiffy, my tweenage heart swooned a lot during this episode especially because of sean i still feel like a creeper for saying that but i'm also not really sorry about it but he has biceps
0: that's crazy he's a child (laughs) i don't understand it oh um and all right so the bachelor party um Craig is wearing that dumb hat that just goes around forever. I'm like, why? Why is this happening? Why are we putting a bad hat on a beautiful human? And then fucking JT and Toby arrive, and they look like straight out of Miami Vice. It's the craziest. It's, it's what they literally wore as costumes for the 80s dance, and girls just want to have fun. They are wearing their
1: costumes, but like out on the town. <laughs> it's so bad and it makes them look even younger than they are and like when Joe opens the door he's like what are you guys like we're not buying anything we don't want what you're selling and he's like wait what are you selling what like what the fuck are you guys wearing and then also at the bachelor party Snake is literally wearing a ball and chain which (laughs) I also found kind of problematic and stupid
0: it's dumb. And then um I think this is my last fashion note outside of I don't I'm not crazy about any of the dresses at the wedding. I feel like they're like they're all fine, but they're just they're just I don't know, I feel like they could have done something more fun because Spike is a more fun person and it's just like very basic like taffeta type of shit. Um and then my final final note is JT and Toby when they're being sneaky literally drew masks on their face. Like they're not wearing masks. They very clearly drew masks. And Toby drew his around his glasses.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know, I was like, why did they black out their eyes? They're not even wearing ski masks, which is the only reason to do that, to like make it so you don't see your eyes through the holes in the ski mask. Also, JT's wearing like a weird do rag. (laughs) And it looks so stupid. But, yeah, that's all the fashion notes that I have. Also, I wasn't crazy about Spike's, like, ginormous, like, blanket-sized wrap at the wedding, like, at the reception.
0: Yeah, no, it was way too much. Um, But I liked her getting married in her pajamas because that's the dream. Um, All right, so over Fashion Police. We need, like, a way to close that segment. Um, Book up. There you go. I love it. I love it. So they convinced Joey to get the stripper, Miss Fancy. And that's fine. And uh, Angie is going to her grandma's house. And Joey, despite his Hawaiian shirts, I still love him. Um, despite his bad choices. Um, and so we're back with uh, Emma and Spike. And Emma is like, she has, like, her hair in, like, the set stuff. And she's like, Mom, like, are you sure it's just going to be, like, a body wave? And Mom's like, I literally do this for my job. Um, I'm going to go take a shower, like, quote, unquote. And Emma's like, yeah, go relax, whatever. So she goes up and she takes the pregnancy test. My first note is, what is with the pregnancy tests in Canada? That does not look like any pregnancy test I've ever seen on television or in life
1: it was square. I was very confused by it. It looked super weird. It was not immediately I mean I obviously knew it was a pregnancy test, but it was not immediately apparent that it was a pregnancy test. It just looked so strange. Also, she opens the box and then closes the door. I was like, "Girl, if you're trying to be discreet, close the door before you like open your pregnancy test."
0: Seriously. Um but yeah, I mean, our Hey, Canadian listeners, can you tweet us and let us know if your pregnancy tests are all weird as fuck? Like, what is that weird square thing? Anyway, so that should be fine, except Emma, like, makes the dumb mistake, the, like, dumb sitcom TV mistake of signing for something before she actually sees it. It's Phoebe Buffet with Monica's bed all over again when Monica gets the race car bed and she's, like, too distracted because she punched Joey in the face. You guys, I watch a lot of Friends. <laughs> um, she signs for it and she sends, like, the weird caricature of an Asian woman, like, it's, like, weirdly offensive, uh, off on her way, which is fine. Um, and then she opens it and she's, like, happy bat mitzvah Rhoda, except she pronounces, like, bat mitzvah. It's, it's crazy. But it's a whole thing. But yeah, um, it is in the shape of a Jewish
1: star. It's a good time. Also, a very stereotypical Jewish name. Also, I feel bad for any 13-year-old named Rhoda.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not great. It's not the best. So Emma's like, what the shit? And it's like, Emma, this is why you fucking look at the box before you sign. So she comes racing up the stairs and she's like, mom, everything's ruined. Look at your fucking cake. And she's like... It's not the end of the world. Like, we'll return it. It's okay. And she's like, how are you fine with this? And she's like, bigger things are happening right now. Which is when I say, why are you going to tell her when you don't fully know what you're going to do? Like, why is she like, Emma, I'm pregnant. Like, literally moments after she finds out. Like, sit on it for a little while. Think it through. She is a child and she's going to freak out about your choices. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was very surprised. I was like, she told Emma very soon, literally minutes after she found out herself. She's not even done processing this. She has no idea what she wants to do. She hasn't even told Snake yet, and she doesn't tell him for a while. And she she's not even the one who tells him. Spoiler alert. We'll get to that. And I was like, she told her very soon also there are such things as false positives. Like, get a second opinion before you start telling people about this. It, like, don't just accept it as fact right away. And then also, right after, she, right after she tells Emma, Manny comes over, and Emma's like, "Oh my God, my mom's pregnant." I was like, "What the fuck is up with everyone just blurting this secret out to everyone on Earth?" Yeah, these people do not believe
0: in privacy. It's very confusing. But Manny handles it super well, and then she is like, what is that smell? And then we realize, oh, it has been way too long for Emma to have that crap in her hair. So she runs in, and she's like, Mom, my hair. And she's like, oh, my God, your hair. And she's, and they take it out, and it looks crazy town. And she's like, well, we can't do anything because I can't put more chemicals in your hair because then your hair will fall out right now. But To which I say... Did we not learn anything from Legally Blonde? Can't she just take a shower and it'll go away? Like, that's how perms work. Like, you can't shower for, like, a few days or something, or at least 24 hours. You can't shower, otherwise it doesn't set, and it all goes away, and it's, like, useless. We learned this in Legally Blonde, and also if you had grandmothers who get perms, like I did. Also,
1: if you're a hairstylist, you should know that. But whatever. But her hair looks crazy. I wrote down that it looks like... Um, Annie's hair from, like, the 80s movie. It looks like a weird, crazy Annie fro. And it's not great. But, so Emma's freaking out about her hair. And then Manny's tells her that she invited Sean to the wedding. And Emma's like, what the fuck did you do that for? I told you not to do it. You have to go uninvite him. So then Manny goes over to Sean and Tracker's house. They're, like, working on a motorcycle. And Sean, Manny comes in and, like, immediately trips on something. I love Manny in this whole episode. She's just so funny.
0: Um, And so she's like, Sean, we have to talk. Um, I shouldn't have invited you. Sorry, basically. And Tracker's like, so are our plans still on? (laughs) Like, because Tracker's the best. Um, Which is
1: like, he just, Sean gets the saddest face. And he's like, it's okay, I understand. And it's so sad. He puts on a brave face and is like, oh, don't worry about it. But then he's just such a sad little marshmallow. And I feel so sad for him because he really wanted to go because he's still in love with Emma. And it's very sad. But then they still have their bro plans to, like, motorcycle somewhere. I didn't really pay attention to what those plans actually were. I have a question about, I have a question about that. Um, so to
0: clarify... Are each of them going to be on motorcycles, or is Sean going to be riding on the back of Trekkers' motorcycle? What are the laws in Canada as far as how old you have to be to ride a motorcycle? I think you... I don't don't know.
1: I'm pretty sure you have to at least be old enough to have a license, which Sean is not. He's like maybe 15 (laughs) because he got held back, so he's probably like 15.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Like, I feel like when my dad started riding... My dad got his motorcycle license before he got his driver's license, but he might have just not gotten his driver's license until later because he cares more about motorcycles. So my my opinion, my
1: like ideas of that are kind of skewed. I have a feeling that he will be riding on the back of Tracker's motorcycle because he's a child and can't drive any vehicle yet. That's adorable. <laughs> um so that's very cute. Or I really hope that Tracker has a sidecar. <laughs> Sean, like, has, like, one of those little, like, helmets with the goggles and he's just sitting in the, like, tracker's (laughs) sidecar.
0: That's adorable. He's like the Robin to his, like, weird alt Batman.
1: (laughs) His, like, white trash Batman. (laughs) Oh, my God. So then after this happens, um, we cut back to the Nelson household. They're trying to salvage Emma's hair. And then Joey and Snake come in the house. And then it's really weird. Like, Spike is like, come here. And then Snake is like, yes, master. It was super uncomfortable. Yeah, but
0: he's just joshing around (laughs) being Snake. And then he, they're like, so when are you going to start having kids? And which is like very personal. They're not even married yet. Um, And they're like, I don't know. And. You know, Spike is like, maybe sooner than you think, which is like, I think that that's maybe why she told Emma because she was like so sure that she'd keep it. So it was like, this is good news, but I'm a little freaked out. So maybe that was why she told her. But like Snake is like, well, not too soon. Like, I'm moving in. We're just getting married. I'm just about to be a stepdad. There's a lot of changes happening. So he basically, without realizing it, kind of talks Spike out of having this baby.
1: But it's also like Spike he doesn't know about the baby. You still need to have this conversation and be like, Hey, I know that we aren't ready for this right now, but this is happening. We need to have a conversation and evaluate. But instead it like freaks her out in a classic like TV complication. And then once he leaves, she's like freaking out and she's upstairs and Emma's trying to convince her that everything's fine. And Spike is like, I don't know. He doesn't want kids. Like, maybe this isn't a good time. Like, maybe I should get an abortion. And then, of course, Emma fucking freaks the fuck out about that. So I have a few things about this. First
0: of all, Spike is so going to extremes because she's under a lot of pressure and because she's pregnant. And so instead of being like, well, I'm just going to have to have this conversation and then we'll decide. I'm going to right away be like. I should get an abortion, I should not get married, blah, 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 like, all these fucking things, because that's, like, I don't, because this actually happens after her really depressing bachelorette party where they go to, like, a weird Mexican restaurant, um, <laughs> and it's, like, weird and outside, and she, like, threatens to murder a mariachi band, and I just am like, this is a really sad bachelorette party. Mm-hmm. So she gets home, and she's bummed out, and that's when she goes upstairs, and Emma goes to talk to her. And she said, I mean you know, she's going to a lot of extremes. And I, I'm in personal politics. I'm very pro-abortion. Like, I'm like, do it if you want to. um. But, like, even I can, like, register that she's not making, she's not doing, like, great decision-making. Like, she needs to have a conversation. She was, like, so ready to, like, make this work before. And as soon as, like, Snake even comes close to being like, maybe it's not a good idea. She caves, which is like, what happened to you being my feminist icon? Why are you like bowing to the like whim of like an off comment that your fiance made? I don't understand why you're doing
1: this. Yeah, it's not the best decision making process. And but I understand that like she's just freaked out and she's like jumping to extremes and her brain just like can't process everything that's happening right now because i would probably be like freaking out in a weird similar manner i'm like oh my god i just have to make the problem go away and then there's not going to be a problem even though that's not a logical way to solve, th- like to tackle this and so she's just kind of, she's kind of just like sp- like word vomiting her feelings and is like maybe i should get an abortion i don't really know Da-da-da-da. and then emma's like what are you talking about are you serious Like, if you had an abortion when you got pregnant with me, then I wouldn't be here. And you're like, Emma, every situation is different. And let's, again, let's not blanket your one idea over, like, an entire problem.
0: Like, I understand that she is, like, a personal whatever to it, but I don't love how weirdly anti-abortion Emma is, especially as someone who, like, claims to be... A feminist and like a liberal, and it's like this is like her one weird blind spot, and it's kind of off putting. Um, because Manny is making all these good points like it's her choice, it's her body, and she's like, What about the baby's choice? to which I, I literally just got chills saying that because that's how grossed I am, grossed out I am by that sentence. But it's like, you know, and then Spike makes the mistake of calling Emma a mistake, and she's yeah. basically like, I can't make this same mistake twice, which is like ooh, that's not great. And, like, that's not how she meant it. She doesn't think that Emma is a mistake. Like, but she was. She was an error. Like, that it was not on purpose. That is the meaning of mistake. But, you know, it was, it ended up being a happy accident, which is, like, still not a great way of putting that. <laughs> right.
1: It was a surprise. Um, But, yeah, so they get in a little fight. But Emma and Manny are spending the night at Emma's house and Manny's like, don't freak out about it. This is your mom's decision. She needs to talk to Spike or Snake about it. And like, it's none of your business. Don't meddle. She literally says, don't get involved. And Emma's like, you really think I'd be stupid enough to do that? And to which I was like, "Um, yes, I do think you're that stupid (laughs) because you eventually do meddle she always meddles like that is her thing
0: Sean points it out later like it's literally her whole thing is that she is a big fat meddler um so she's like I'm not gonna meddle whatever and Manny's like sure great fine meanwhile we're at the bachelor party and that this is when JT and Toby knock on the door and are dressed like straight out of the 80s in their weird Halloween costumes being like we're here to be grown ups and (laughs) And Craig and Joey are like, no. And Joey is like, w- what is your deal? And they're like, well, Craig gets to stay, like blowing up his spot. And he was like, Craig does not get to stay. <laughs> Craig gets to go upstairs and watch TV all night, which is like, why is he allowed to be at this party anyway? They're all drinking. Like, I feel like my parents would not have let me like hang out at a like bachelor or bachelorette party like when I was 14.
1: Like, where else is he going to go? I guess he could, like, spend the night at Sean's house or something. But, I mean, I get, like, it's, like, the party's at Joey's house. And, like, when things get frisky, then Craig has to go, like, lock himself in his room and not be involved in the grown-up times. But, yeah, so they he turns away JT and Toby and crushes Craig's dreams and is like, no, you're going upstairs, you idiot. And then the stripper gets there. And... JT and Toby come back later in their weird, like, hoodlum, like, sneaking around clothes. And they have a big, vi- a video camera that they, like, can attach to a screen so they can see everything, which is so creepy. And then they freak out when they see Mr. Radich there. It's really gross that they can do that. And also, if you're worried that you're not going to be able to stay up
0: late at night, late enough at night to see the stripper then you're too young to see the stripper if you're like i don't know man 10 p.m is my bedtime i might fall asleep if it's later than 10 30 which they literally do like you're too fucking young to be oh uh. also i forgot to mention this in the fashion police but that stripper had the biggest hair i've ever seen <laughs> and she's not even wearing like a real stripping outfit she's wearing like Something that I would have worn to, like, a middle school dance. She's wearing, like, a black tank top and a black skirt. It's not even a really short skirt. It's not, like, a cleavage-y tank top. It's, like, straight across with spaghetti straps and, like, heels. But that's, like, a very basic outfit. Like, that's almost not slutty enough for most people I know to go out in. Also, what the fuck was that feather boa? It looks like it was out of, like, uh, again, a Halloween costume. This whole episode
1: is just people in Halloween costumes pretending to be grown-ups. Yeah. Like, the one thing that was stripper-esque was that she came in wearing a trench coat. And you're like, oh, okay, she's coming in wearing this trench coat. And then she takes it off and she's wearing that, like, fairly tame outfit. And you're like, okay, whatever. You're like the girl-next-door stripper, I guess. And... But yeah, so they have the video camera and they're like dead asleep and drooling in the bushes and they miss out on the stripper. And Emma and Manny are in bed and Manny is asleep and Emma is not. And surprise, surprise, Emma gets up and walks over to Joey Jeremiah's house and tells Snake about how her mom is pregnant. And it's just so out of line and not her business. It was, so, it was so frustrating because, like, we knew it was going to happen and
0: it's still, like, painful to watch because, like, it's, it's not. It's not her fucking place to do that. But then, fucking. All right. So I have concluded that Snake does not handle a crisis well and he was drunk and also did not handle bad news coming from the wrong person well. Or at least what he was perceiving as bad news coming from the wrong person. And it's, like. That is fair. But he's like this family, blah, blah, blah. He's yelling at Emma. He's taking it out on her. It's like she's a child. Like if you're going to take it out on someone, take it out on Spike, even though she wasn't going to tell him the next morning and she needed like a day to think about it because he really freaked her out with what he said. Like all of that is really valid. And he's like freaking out. And it's really frustrating to watch. And I was just like, oh, and I always like Mr. Simpson. This is the least I've ever liked him. I was just like, I was so mad. I was just like, why are you yelling at her? Like, I feel like in his situation, the way he should have handled Emma was like, thank you for telling me. I it probably wasn't your place, but I appreciate the gesture. I'm going to drive you home
1: now because it's the middle of the night, you dummy. Yeah. And he's like yelling at her and- asking why Spike isn't the one telling him about this and just getting very irrationally angry. And it's just not great. And it's also just hard to watch as an audience member because you're like, she was going to tell you. Emma just was dumb and beat her to the punch. And it's making, it's like creating even more of a rift between Spike and Snake. And it's just very, it's hard to watch. It really is. And it's like, I'm just, I'm mad at Emma. I'm mad at
0: Snake. I'm not mad at Spike because I fully understand where she's coming from in everything that's happening right now. It's it's just frustrating. So, um, and then Emma cries and goes home, basically. And then the next day, Spike is freaking out because she can't find Snake. Like, she can't reach him anywhere. And he comes
1: storming into the house like a fucking crazy person. And he's like... Why didn't you tell me about this? Da da da. da. And Spike is just like, we're co- we're gonna talk about this, but not here. And he's like, bah. she's like, not here. We're going to go talk about this. And I appreciated that she was like, no 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 no, we're going to go have a like logical conversation. We're not going to blow up, and we're going to leave this environment, and we're going to have a one on one. And so they leave, and then. Oh, but then there's that really cute, like, helium balloon moment between Manny and Joey, and it's uh, hilarious. It's my favorite thing,
0: actually, out of this whole episode, is Manny and Joey sucking on the helium, and Joey is, like, singing his song from his band, and Manny just sucks on the helium and then goes, that's a really dumb song. (laughs) And then Caitlyn goes in and sucks on the helium, and she's like, don't kick the car. It was a whole thing. And Manny and Emma get into this fight, which is, like, I mean... Manny is making good points. She's like, you shouldn't have meddled, like I said. And Emma is like, well, you meddled with my stuff. And she's like, that's different, which agreed.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't even think Emma brings that up. I think Manny's like, I told you not to meddle. That was a really dumb thing to do. And you got so mad at me for meddling before. And it was and you what you did was so much worse. And it was like, boom, Manny is in the right. She is the wise person of your life right now. Emma, you're dumb. What did you do?
0: Yeah. Emma's basically like, I ruined everything. And yeah. Yeah, get in, man. So she, like, runs off. And Manny kicks the car, which is when Caitlin's, like, in the helium voice, like, don't kick the car. Um, And Emma runs off to go
1: find Sean, apparently. Yeah. She goes to find Sean. And she's like... All this crazy stuff is happening. I did something bad. I meddled. And now I don't know if there's going to be a wedding. La, la, la. And um, <laughs> Sean is like, you interfering? It's nothing new. And no one has ever hated you for it. Like, calm down. She's like, I mean, people could have hated me, like, behind my back, maybe. And he's like, no, it's going to be fine. People know that this is what you do. It's going to be okay. And then Emma's like, wait, I, have to- I want to apologize to you about – The whole having Manny, like, invite you and uninvite you. I should have been the one to invite you. And by the way, if there is a wedding, the party starts at 3. Which is very sweet. And meanwhile, Tracker, like,
0: holds up a centerfold in the background to show Sean. And, like, Holland and I just laughed for, like, five minutes. Because he's the best. He is my dirtbag soulmate, and I love
1: him. (laughs) And then after Emma leaves, Sean is like, you're such an idiot. And then Tracker's like, so I guess our plans are off. (laughs) Like, that's where his priorities lie. And so, then we cut to Spike and Snake, like, on a dock somewhere, having, like, their serious conversation. And at first, Snake is like, I don't know, this is happening so fast, like... I don't know if we're going to be okay. And Spike is like, we've known each other since, like, junior high. We know each other well enough. It's fine. He's like, it's his friends. Like, maybe we should have kept it that way. And I'm like, Spike or Snake, what the fuck are you even talking about? You're the dumbest person ever. But then eventually they, like, finally get over with that hurdle. And they're like, you know what? I actually love you. Let's go race and get married. Which is sweet. And then Snake is like, which one of us didn't want to have this baby again?
0: And they realize like, oh, they both want to have the baby. It's just bad timing, which they can agree on, which would have been fine if they just talked about it the day before or if Emma didn't meddle and this was the first time that uh, that Snake was hearing about it. Either of those scenarios would have been fine. But also all the shitty things he says, I'm like, oh, I hate Snake right now. But that's just like proving that, yeah, no, he does not handle a crisis well.
1: He, like, he's, like, in fight or flight, he's totally flighty in all of this crisis. Um, But luckily, he's with a strong woman who's like, no, we're going to deal with this. Let's get over it. So they race to the wedding. But meanwhile, back at the church... Everyone's freaking out. They don't know where Spike and Snake went. They're like, "Is is this still happening?" The person who's supposed to marry them are like, "If they're not here soon, we're gonna have to move it." Da 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 da. And it's stressful for everybody involved. And also, it turns out Miss Fancy, the stripper, has been invited to the wedding because, um, Spike does her hair. And then the ushers, JT and Toby, like greet her, and JT's like, Madame, and they, like, both try to escort her to her seat, and it's creepy. It's really gross. And Craig is the one who tells them. He comes over, and he's like, Fancy's here. Oh, my
0: God. And they're all, like, freaking out. I'm like, she's not going to take her clothes off now. (laughs) She's in a church for her friend's wedding. Like, that's the last thing she's going to... What are you doing? She's just a woman, like all other women in this church. Like, you are being
1: crazy. And then, luckily... Her boyfriend or date, like, comes over and is like, excuse me, people, I'm going to escort my girlfriend. Get away, you pervy little teenagers, essentially. But then Emma's waiting outside, and then she sees Spike and Snake come running down the sidewalk in their, like, T-shirts, and they're like, let's get married! And then they get married in, like, their T-shirts, and it's adorable. And then we go to the reception, and... Everyone's happy and having a good time. And <laughs> Snake and Spike like greet the greet Miss Fancy. And then Snake is like, Hey, by the way, there was a stripper at my party yesterday. And it was her. And they have like a cute little moment. Like Spike just starts laughing and is like, Okay, but like I don't want my husband to be a creepy dude who like orders strippers. But first, she has like this very like positive, like. Like,
0: sex-positive moment of, like, I don't care what she does. Like, that's her job. Like, she can do whatever the hell she wants with her body. Like, which is, like, just more proof that, like, Spike is my feminist icon still. She's awesome. She's the best. Like, I fucking
1: love her. I know. I love her, too. And then... Snake is like, so you're not going to tell anyone, right? And she's like, I mean, I don't know. And then she's like, girls. And he's like, no, 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 no. And Then she's like, psych, I'm throwing the bouquet. So she gets ready to throw the bouquet. And she throws it. And who ends up being the lucky girl to catch it? Joey Jeremiah. Because he's the best. And then Caitlin comes over to him. And
0: she's like, you know, really, a girl's supposed to catch that. And he's like, I don't know. I had really big plans for it. (laughs) And then they dance, and it's really sweet. And I'm just like, yay. I'm so happy. I just, I'm so happy. And all these, like, cute couples are dancing together. I mean, Spike and Snake are obviously dancing together. Joey and Caitlin are dancing together. Manny and Craig, for some reason, are dancing together. And Emma's just alone. And then she looks out, and she sees Sean leaning against the tree. And he looks
1: very cute in his tie. And Holland really wants to talk about this part. He's like, of course, Mr. Loner, over by the tree, over by the water. It's like a picture-perfect com moment. Emma walks over, and Sean is like, there's a slow song playing, but you're not dancing. It's all so cheesy. And Emma's like, no one really caught my attention. And then he's like, how about now? <laughs> and it's, it's like so cringy, but also adorable. And then they start to dance, and then... They share, I'm pretty sure, their first kiss, their first on-screen kiss for sure. And it's adorable. And he loves her even though her hair is fucked up and weird. And then the episode ends and it's just like a perfect ending to a little wedding episode. It was very
0: sweet. I loved these episodes, you know. I just, I love these episodes. They're very sweet. And I remember watching them, like, in real time, like, when they actually aired and, like, just being so mad about Emma's hair and being, like, so, like, on board for everything that was happening. And I don't, I don't remember if I was, like, scandalized by Spike wanting to have an abortion. I think I was more annoyed that Emma was, like, like, trying to tell her what to do. But I don't know. I don't really remember. But I just remember, like, the... I remember uh, her trying to give her shoes to Queen Kwan, and then I remember thinking that was funny. Yeah, I just I remember a lot of the funny parts and like the
1: like resolutions, but I don't remember so much the drama. Yeah, same. I definitely remember watching this on TV and being very excited and on board for it. And the Emma Sean wedding is like an iconic moment in Degrassi history. And it was nice to relive that again. So I think jumping off of that, we're ready to go into ship of the episode, which I obviously am going to say Emma and Sean. are back on board. It's back. Sema take two. It's amazing. They're adorable. And they share their first kiss. And it's I love it. It's so amazing. It's great. I don't even think I need to say anything else um
0: so my ship of the episode is for sure um caitlin and joey because i love them together they're always going to be my ship of the episode i am psyched i am ready i'm into it i'm like ready for their whole storyline to start and i feel like this is like kind of when it does like it's going to start soon ish or at least like within the next like couple of seasons it'll like jump off and it'll be awesome
1: it definitely picks up steam in season three, I think. But this is, like, the f- one of the first little nuggets of this. We got a tiny bit in, like, the very first episode. But I think now that Joey's a regular character and Caitlyn has come back, it's like, oh, yeah, this is a thing. And they're like, oh, maybe we should make this, like, more of a regular will-they-won't-they-think. So I think Caitlyn comes back, like, pretty regularly in season three. But, yes, I'm also ready for that ship to like take sail. Very cute.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm ready for it. Um so Spirit Squad captain, um Manny, for sure. Like hands down, she is super real the whole time. She's like medley in a way that like I'm really on board for. She's this is maybe the best she's ever been as a character. And, you know, and she's supportive of Emma, but she's, like, more supportive of, like, the right choices. Like, she's, like, supportive of her friend, but she's also just, like, you need to chill, and you need to not be meddly, and this is your mom's call. And Manny is doing a really good job of also being, like, a solid, like, liberal feminist icon.
1: Yeah, definitely Manny. She's supportive of her friend, but she's also not afraid to call her out when she's done something wrong or when she's making bad choices because she just wants what's best for Emma, and she knows Emma doing all this dumb shit is not what's best for her. And, yeah, it was. it's definitely – we're finally getting some more, like, character development for Manny ever since her, like, disastrous date episode. And I'm glad to see her bounce back and be, like, a much stronger person in this episode than she was in the last one she was prominently featured in. But, yeah, Manny for the win moral of the episode um
0: i mean i guess it could be don't keep secrets like make sure to like come clean right away with people um because it's like i mean with the snake and spike stuff but also if sean and emma had just been like wait i still care about you i think that that would have like maybe gone over like earlier and they wouldn't have been dealing with as much of this if they were just more honest with each other. But even as I'm saying, I don't know if that's really the the moral. I don't know. I'm not
1: fully behind this. I think maybe be honest is more in line and like just like have an open communication with people you care about, don't like prolong having a hard conversation. I don't know. I think just like having and open communication, having open communication and being honest is the way to go. I think I mean, I don't know if the I don't think the episode was trying to like push anything. I think it was just like it's a wedding episode, so I think that's like the most moral we can extrapolate from
0: it. Ooh, I'd also like to throw out the idea of the moral of um uh woman's body woman's choice with the abortion stuff, and then also with the stripper stuff because I forgot to talk about this. But when JT and Toby are talking about the stripper and about, like, how she, like, wrote away her, like, right to privacy when she decided to be a stripper, I, like, threw up in my mouth. I was like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Fuck you guys. Like, I've never hated them more as, like, characters before. Like, that's that's a disgusting way of looking at that. Like, that's not how that works. They're just like, who gives a shit about body autonomy? So I want to think that that is also the moral of this episode. I totally agree with
1: that. <laughs> um, but I think that's everything. Oh wait, we have a grapevine submission, don't we? Yes,
0: we do. It is from Naily at O T H N A L E Y twelve on Twitter. And it says, love the podcast. You guys are super entertaining. Thank you. Uh, which character that hasn't shown up yet are you most excited to see? So Personally, I'm very excited to see Jay because he has my dirtbag heart. Jay and Alex, like as a duo, like I love them both. So I'm ready for Jay and Alex, I think most out of
1: everyone. What about you, Holland? I'm definitely ready for both of them. And I'm also ready for Dylan to show up. Paige's brother, who's fabulous. Marco's future love interest. I'm excited for him too. Yeah, I think those are both. Those are all very solid people that I'm excited to see. They're going to be a lot of fun. And
0: I mean, of course, there are others that I'm just as excited to see. Like uh, Mr. O is going to be really good. Um, And actually, for the later seasons, I really like um, Holly J. Um, I didn't watch a lot of the newer episodes, like a lot of the later episodes, um, because by then I was already like in high school and college and I wasn't watching anymore. But I watched a few um, and I really liked Holly J. So I guess I'm looking forward to her, too.
1: Yeah, I'm ready for that too. And like I do and like maybe like Darcy and Mia and Peter a little bit just cuz they all add some more like drama to the story. Especially like Peter's first episode is like a very iconic one that I'm kind of ready for.
0: I'm going to be famous. Um <laughs> oh Peter. Peter's a mess. I love Peter. Um but yeah, no. Uh my my final answer is
1: definitely Jay with the side of Alex. Yeah, and mine's Dylan because I think those are, like, the three that are coming up, like, the soonest. Yeah, and they're all going to be
0: great. Um, okay, so uh, plugs, right? You can follow us and tweet at us uh, at DegrassiPod, and the same goes for Tumblr, uh, whatever whateverittakespodcast.tumblr.com, or you can email us because we love getting emails. Whatever it takes, podcast at gmail.com. Um, and also rate, subscribe, review on iTunes. That would be extra cool. And we also have a SoundCloud. You can follow us on there. We don't care as much about that, though, to be honest with you.
1: I mean, we we care about everything. Kelsey, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, personally, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at HollandTacular.
0: And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at KelSucks with the Z at the end. And Holland, what do you want to suggest for the people?
1: Um, I'm going to plug a very, very old podcast that has like roughly nine episodes in total. Um, but I think it's pretty hilarious. It's called Analyze Fish, and it is Scott Ackerman and Harris Whittles, R I P. Um, and it's Harris Whittles loves the band Fish. And Scott Ackerman hates fish. And it's basically a podcast of Harris trying to convince Scott to like fish. And it's pretty hilarious and great. And I would recommend it. That sounds awesome. Um, I love Scott Ackerman, And I loved Harris
0: Whittles. Fun fact, he created the term humble brag. Like, he was the best. Um, So I will definitely listen to that. It, I was always turned off by it because I don't like fish. But I'm like, Maybe I'll love it. So I'll download that later. Um, I am going to recommend a Twitter called We Rate Dogs. I think it's just at rate dogs, but I would just search for We Rate Dogs. Uh R A T E. Um, and it's it's basically what it sounds like, but it's also funny and it's a picture of a dog, and then they rate it, and <laughs> it's
1: the best. So <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that sounds pretty hilarious, and I might have to check that out. But I think that's all that we have for today. So bye, Panthers. Bye, Panthers.